podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. everyone and it's a warm welcome to this your april 2019 edition of the res review audio magazine right here on the anfield index podcast channel i am your host andy wales and i'll be joined as ever by my partner in crime mr guy drinkle how are we doing guy absolutely spectacular after the game yesterday andy <laughs> yes as we record this it's um what 24 hours out from that um wonderful uh on goal winner <laughs> What a way to win it. Cheers, Toby. Cheers, mate. <laughs> I knew he was a boyhood red. Exactly. Yeah, even the way he kicked the ground to avoid clearing it off the line. Exactly. He could have cleared yes. that if he wanted to. Yes. I, I, I do wonder if he's uh, itching for a move to Liverpool, you know. Oh, I'd take him. Even if it was, oh. even if it was just for that, I'd take him. <laughs> I take him anyways. He's a good defender. He really is, and he's only going to have a year left on his contract. So, uh, hey, Agent Toby, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, this is the twenty uh, April twenty nineteen edition of the uh, the Res Review. So that means we've got all of March to look back on. So all your Premier League matches, uh, Champions League matches as well. We'll be discussing Champions League uh, more at the end of the show. Uh, we've got our goal of the month, player of the month. Uh, there's an academy update from Guy. Uh, we're going to look at the uh, the fantasy football in there as well. Obviously, our trivia. And me and Guy go head-to-head on our predictions, uh, looking to all of April's Premier League matches. And uh, like we said, we're going to look ahead to the Champions League quarterfinals and and beyond uh, towards uh, right near the end of the show, actually. So, uh, But we're going to kick things off, Guy. Uh, March started with um, what would you say? It was what's the opposite of a banger, <laughs> a damp squib. Uh, without swearing, yes, I think that's the word for it, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Merseyside derby away to Everton, nil nil. Um, a bit naff, really. Yeah, it was um, terrible. <laughs> It was, oh God, I can't even really remember it. I can't remember us having a shot. Oh yes, the Salah missed a couple chances, didn't he? Um, mm, yeah, that was a bad game. It was a really bad game. I mean, we, I don't know, we've seen, we've, we've struggled with Everton twice this season, haven't we? And I think we've struggled with Marco Silva teams in the past, um, even when he was at Hull. Um, but I just say that, I, I maintain the game at, at home, even though we won it, in oh, the, the way yeah. that we won it in the 90 plus 6 minutes we could have smashed 5 or 6 past them I know they had a couple of really good chances but we, we had 5 or 6 glaring opportunities in that first game we could have mm. absolutely pasted them but this nil-nil was absolutely your stereotypical nil-nil wasn't it yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from one chance by Salah, I mean that is the only thing I can remember because this, this game feels like it was a good year away, year ago. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just 
it's it, it's definitely up there. We obviously had the Man United again the month previous. And I think we had Leicester and West Ham as well. That that's four that's four draws there that were just terrible. All of them terrible in their own in their own ways. And I think this everyone Everton one topped it because there wasn't eight hundred injuries in the first half to kind of uh, um, ruin the floor again. This one was just awful from start to finish, wasn't it? We didn't even test Pickford really. Mm, yeah, I mean, it, this is obviously one of the the biggest victories in Everton's mm. Everton's history. Drawing nil nil to win, nil win to dent our chances of winning the Premier League. So I'm sure, I'm sure the Blues have got uh, DVDs playing on on loop at home of that day that they uh, they held us to a goalless draw to to try and scupper our chances of winning the league. It's in the DVD with the first eighty nine minutes of the home game as well. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, following that one up, um, at home to Burnley, ran out 4-2 winners, didn't start too well, but it's like, it was weird, it's like deja vu, you know, but mm. just like the the away, the, um, the game away to Burnley, they take the lead through a goal that absolutely should not have stood. Yeah, if I remember correctly, this was the one way it was booted out of Allison's hands, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah. was, yeah, that was at uh, Turf Moor, yeah, mm. and this one... Where Tarkovsky oh, just yes, climbs all over him. Yes. Well, like, hello? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was getting my games mixed up there. Yeah, I remember yeah. now. I remember now that now I remember that's probably the worst refereeing decision I've seen. That hasn't annoyed Colin uh, uh, I was going to call him his other name, uh, Warnock, <laughs> um, um, from yesterday. I'm sure if, if people who've seen the Cardiff v Chelsea game yesterday, it was hilarious. But yeah, that um, decision, whoever it was climbing on Alisson, I mean, Jesus Christ, what was that referee doing? But you're right, it was a strange game, wasn't it, Andy? We had um, Lalana come back into the fold um, for the first time since, I think it was like the West Ham game or something like that. Um, and that raised a lot of eyebrows, probably his best game in, what, two and a half, three years, which is fair enough for him. And, um, yeah, I mean, scoring four goals against Burnley, even if Burnley are out, are out of sorts, I think the, um, had a good spell of form before this game, but scoring four past Burnley, regardless of their form, it, it's quite impressive because you, you'd think of Burnley as a team that's tough to score against. Yeah, that that is that is true. They 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 are generally difficult to beat, and yeah, you're right. They they, they went on a run where they won something mm, like four on the bounce or something like that to get themselves out of trouble. So, one thing I will ask on you then uh, before we disappear off on this, and before I completely forget about the subject, but. Uh, obviously, speculation that Simon Mignolet would leave in the summer. Now, Burnley have got mm. three goalkeepers. Uh, one of them's Joe no. Hart, which obviously we don't <laughs> want to even think about. But the other two, there's Nick Pope and there's uh, Tom Heaton, mm. isn't there? So one of them, one of them <clears throat> would be number one. The other one sitting there probably is number two. Do you do you think it would be worth a punt trying to get one of them to come and be our number two goalkeeper? Do you think it'd be got to be a bit more preferential to sit on the bench at Liverpool and perhaps get time uh, in Champions League and and other cup matches than it would be to sit on the bench at Burnley? Um, I really like both of them as goalkeepers. To be honest, I don't think either suit the way we play. If you, I'm sure you get what I mean. I mean, both of them are yeah. more in. Yeah, more in the sit back, none of that sweeping stuff that no, modern goalkeepers against, do. No, but then again, oh, no. oh, yeah, on the yeah. bench for I mean, us. They're, they're both different levels to to to, to um, Migs. Let's uh, uh, that's a fair comment. Um, but if we say if we throw Carrius into the um, 
swing of things because I mean he's obviously got problems with Besiktas not paying him and stuff, so he might be coming back. Say if it was between Carrius and um, the two Burnley lads, I'd probably say Carrius just for stylistically. I think Pope's, Pope and Heaton are probably better shot stoppers, and Carrius uh, has obviously got a lot of baggage um, with yeah. Liverpool fans uh, and stuff. Yeah, I I, I think Carrius will be moved on. I think for his, I think mm-hmm. he needs to himself anyway. There's just too much water that, under that yeah, bridge now. That, make, that makes sense. To uh, me. And all the things that have gone on in Turkey as well. I, I think it is for be- for him for his career probably best that he goes back to Germany and just kind of gets his career going again. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, if if there wasn't that baggage, I'd say Carriers because I think he's probably he's probably a better all-round goalkeeper than them two. But I, I think the baggage just does. Um, Mainly, you'll have to move on and rebuild his career, and I'll, your Germany shouts right up there. I think it's a, it's a safer and more quiet place to build your build up your reputation again, isn't it? I'm, I'm sure we've seen many goalkeepers who've done that in mm. the past. But out of the two, um, Heaton's obviously playing now, and I think he's their captain as well. Pope was fantastic last season. He was probably the best keeper in the league, bar De Gea. Um, and I, I think I don't think Pope's young, but I think he's young enough to learn different aspects of the game. And I'd probably pick Pope out of the two, but he might be a bit more expensive. So I'd, I'd take I'd take Avram as a backup, to be honest. But if, yeah, if I had I'm my thinking, yeah, if I'm I had just my thinking, pickings, I'd pick Pope. Yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, solid, mm. dependable, probably relied upon whenever they come in to do a job. Like you say, probably stylistically not necessarily suited, but you know, short term coming to do a job. Uh, you know, we 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 like um, a little transfer. A dip into where the low reaches of the, we, uh, the league it seems so, just an idea just an idea you can give just them an idea. Just, just an idea there. just putting it out there just putting it out there, mm. anyway, putting it out the there. Game, anyway in this game as well I'm, like we said look, we gathered ourselves came back got a bit sloppy at the end conceded that goal and then immediately go and make it safe again but within this game that finish from Sadio Mane his first one where he whips it inside the post. Oh, yes. Yes, I think I remember this one. Andy, it's been a long time. You've obviously <laughs> done more prep than I have. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll go past this one, Andy, because I'm struggling with this one. All right. All right. Yeah, it's where Salad is carrying the ball and it just it goes, it runs over to, to Sadio and he just whips it inside the post. Beautiful finish. Um, and again, I think this... It'll be a recurring theme throughout the month, Sadio Mane. Um, it's got too many good ones to remember one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's well, the next, one up. The, the next one up, Champions League, away from home to Bayern. So we're in the Allianz Arena in Munich. Obviously, Bayern going into this, are back in form. They're smashing mm. teams in the, in the well, they'd smashed a couple of teams before this. Scored 11 goals in the two games preceding. Um, a little bit nervy going in, but I, I was I was surprised. I must admit, I was a little surprised because I thought Bayern would be more, show more attacking intent than what they did. Uh, and I th- this was for me a tremendously mature uh, performance from the team away in a European tie against a huge team like Bayern. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we got a look at the starting eleven for this one as well, which caused a lot of panic in the fan base, and probably rightfully so with the record it has away it had in away games in Europe, especially with. Um, Gag's not letting me say the Brexit midfield anymore, so I'm going to say the bad midfield um, of Ginny, um, Henderson and Milner. Uh, obviously, Henderson got injured um, pretty soonish in the game, and I think we saw the importance of Fabinho 
in this game. And since when he came on, I'm not saying Henderson was playing badly before he went off, um, but when Fabinho came on, I thought we just took the game over to an, to another level. And I think Bayern just they were just terrified of of what we could do to them. And I mean, as soon as soon as we got one. Uh, I thought I thought it was never in doubt really, um, and yeah, mature is the right word. Um, I think at the time I used Rafa-esque. It, it's just it's one of the most professional performances I've seen in over a decade, really. Uh, I thought it was a, a really really impressive display. There was only maybe five ten minutes mm. towards the end of the first half when they'd equalised, where I was I was a little nervy. Other than that. I felt entirely comfortable because it was always that thing, wasn't it? You know, if we scored, they they needed to, mm. you know, and then you know, and then we get two. They've got to get three. So, and this is where this is where that clean sheet at home really came into uh, to the fore. You know, people were talking about how you know Bayern had done a great job against us uh, at Anfield, and they had defended really well. But I thought. You know, if you're going to draw in in the first leg at home, nil nil has got to be the result because then, you know, the, the advantage I, I always felt the advantage was actually to us. I, I know we were going away from home and whatnot, but there was always that little advantage in the way that we play and the fact that Bayern didn't have any away goals. This was it, for me. These circumstances were almost just made for this style of Liverpool team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think Klopp's still got the record of never losing a two-legged tie with us. And I mean, with performances like this, you can just see why. I mean, the nil-nil at home. It's obviously it's not the perfect result, but it's one of the best ones you can get in a two-legged tie. And when when the home team like Bayern, obviously still dominating the Bundesliga, probably more sort of do with Dortmund imploding. More, though, more so than anything, but they're, they're just not used to playing a team that will... That is that is simply just better than them. You obviously watch more Bundesliga than I did, but I just thought in the in both games we were just better than them in every regard. Yeah, I think there was there was a psychological block there on uh, on Nico Kovac, the mm. coach. I think the way tactically that he approached the game against us, as opposed to the way that he would generally approach um, the vast majority of of domestic games. So, yeah, I think it, it speaks volumes for for Jurgen Klopp. It speaks volumes for the sort of Liverpool team, just how highly they are regarded within Europe as to the uh, the influence it seemed to have on uh, Kovac and how he approached the game tactically. Yeah, yeah, I think you've got it absolutely spot on. Uh, where, where did Kovac come from? Was it Frankfurt? He was, yeah, yeah. He very, I mean, his, his style at Frankfurt was kind of the mm, underdog I'm approach. Thinking, so, yeah. yeah, so uh, anyway, a, a, a great performance, um, historic win, 3-1, Liverpool through to the next round. And we'll discuss the quarterfinals and whatnot like we say, um, towards the end of the show. So, back to Premier League action. Uh, a 2-1 win away at Fulham. <laughs> just. We squeaked a 2-1 win at Fulham. Somehow, we... Um, this this was the thing. Liverpool made hard work of a comfortable victory. Um, make sense of that one. Yeah, I think James Milner summed it up best, didn't he? I think or Klopp summed it up best. If he didn't put Milner on, we probably would have won that game 1-0 <laughs> pretty comfortably. Because, I mean... Although Fulham defended well, considering it was Fulham, um, they didn't threaten us until Milner came on, spoofed one up in the air. Van Dyke made his first mistake probably this season, um, and Allison forgot that he had arms, um, which it's probably one of the rarest sights in football. The two, of, both of them making a mistake in the same goal, but yeah, I mean, I think we've just stopped. Got we us two have stopped 
Got to stop making bold predictions against relegation fodder, Andy. Yes. Yeah, I think you went for something like 6-1. Maybe I did. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Yeah, stop doing that, guy. Just go for (laughs) 1-0 and (laughs) 2-1s and we'll be fine. Um, Yeah, it was. I know a lot of... a lot of the criticism was aimed at Van Dyke, and I thought that kind of strange, to be quite honest, because, yeah, it starts with Milner absolutely making a hash of what was a simple ball to clear. Uh, and, and fair play to him. He, he he just came out and straight admitted that afterwards. And and for me, again, that you know, that speaks volumes of his, his character, and I, I don't mind using that word nowadays. I've got over that. I've got past that. Um, yeah, Van Dyke probably could have dealt with it a bit better, but he was shielding, expecting, he was inviting Allison to come, who normally would, and it was kind of strange that he hesitated, hesitated, and then made a complete mess of what he did come for, and yeah, very fortuitous for Babel, who who looked almost disgusted with himself as he scored the goal, I thought was quite he funny was as well. definitely thinking about whacking that wide. There was no, <laughs> he, if, he, if he had the Premier League table in front of him somewhere, he would have put that wide, he would have went, we're not staying up. They need the win. Screw it. We'll sign. We'll sign him as a coach or something as a reward. <laughs> um, um, but hey, we won it. Um, James Miller redeemed himself by tucking away the penalty. Uh, even some laughably some controversy somewhere attached to it in some sections uh, for the for the manner in which the penalty was won. I, I thought no myself question. there was no question Horrendous about goal it. Goal goalkeeper drops it, grabs hold of Sadio as he's trying to get to the ball. For me, yeah, it was a foul. He might have, yes, all right, he exaggerated it, but it was a foul. So, yeah. That was just terrible goalkeeping, really, wasn't it? it? Was- it was. It was indeed. So, yeah, squeaky bum time and, yeah, Liverpool are, are doing things to my blood pressure this this season. <laughs> they are they are wiping years off my age. Uh, well, no, I should say not off my age. They are wiping years time off remaining. my um, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my time remaining. Yeah, my years remaining. Every match seems to choke <laughs> a year off at the end. At, at this rate, I'll, I'll be gone in about uh, eighteen months. But ah, anyway. there's only what there's only anyway, six seven games left, Andy. We'll good. We'll survive <laughs> the end of the season. That'll do us. God, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll just be a gibbering mess <laughs> on the floor by the end of the season at this rate. Uh, so we, yeah, we finish off as we, as we mentioned at the top of the show, two-one uh, at home to Spurs, and definitely that that old cliche, you know, game of two halves. First half, it, it was that midfield again. I, I was, I've got to say, I was staggered that uh, Fabinho was was left out of the starting team and the, we went with that that flat midfield three of Milner, Henderson and Vinaldum that really hasn't and this is a thing it's not about agendas or you know campaigns it th- this is just we've seen it in a number of big games and it never really works i mean it might have worked once possibly twice but it it's never really been a plus point for us, that midfield combination. Uh, stick F- Fabinho in there with, with two of the other three and we're okay. But these three together, it doesn't work for me. Having mm. But having said that, first half, it almost didn't matter because Spurs played three at the back against us for some reason, which gave our front three and our full-backs the, the run of the park. And it was... 
for me, the difference between us and Man City is, I think Man City would have been 3-0 up at half-time. Mm. Because we, and because we didn't take enough advantage, we end up with the second half. Yeah, I think Man City, if we're just comparing the two, they definitely expose weakness a lot better than we do. I think that's fair to say. They're more ruthless than us, but we're obviously more um, resolute at the back. It's probably better, if that's the right word for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first half, we kind of exposed their weakness and they they eventually exposed ours by just they just simply just ran straight through us in the middle um and that that was a problem and i was i was on Nina's show yesterday uh if you want more raw thoughts on that i'll be on there but i was on there um but yeah the the, the not starting for being you know, it's, it's Starting, it's just starting to disgust me, if anything, because we've waited so long to replace Mascarano, and we've got a bloke who's built like Gerard and plays as a defensive midfield. It, it, it's just he's a level above. I mean, and this this isn't about the Henderson agenda that the Twitter police and the other half of that where they literally want him to die and stuff like that. It's not about that. I mean, I just want I just want Fabinho to play. And I could not give a toss who plays with him. Fabinho should be just absolutely... He should be printed on the team sheet every week. It should come Virgil van Dijk, big bold letters, printed. <laughs> Fabinho, printed. Front three, printed. Alisson, printed. And then you can just fill in the blanks. But um, yeah, Fabinho and then probably out of the options that Klopp trust, Milner, because he's a bit more attacking than the others. And then for me, I think you just got to pick between Henderson and Ginny, and Ginny's obviously been in much better form um, this season. I think it's fair to say, but for me, that, that combination, that, mm. that combination of Ginny with Fabinho, they do seem mm. to work well together. That's that's the thing is they 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 really do complement each other well. Like you said, you know, if them two are playing, because Ginny look, you know, not always about it. Ginny didn't play well no, yesterday. You know, Milner, Ginny. Henderson, and Ginny, all three of them were really really poor. And I mean mm-hmm. really poor, all of them. And that's not a thing. Look, I like Henderson. I've always liked Henderson. I, I think he's still got mm-hmm. things to offer. I think the team has kind of evolved past him and, and the injuries ha- he's had haven't helped him in his game. Uh, and I don't doubt he gives absolutely everything to the team and he gives everything to the squad. And and, that, and look, there are reasons why Klopp does trust him that go beyond just what he offers on the pitch as well. So... Uh, I think he's a credit to himself. Milner does a job, and and I think that was the one thing that he did yesterday that I saw in the first half was covering yeah. for Robertson, who was just having the time of his life <laughs> overlapping down that side of the pitch. But other than that, on the ball, I thought Milner was really, really poor. Uh, and Ginny was just, he had one of them games where he's just, mm. he, he just not at the races at all. But Fabinho come on and it did kind of change that. And, and them two together... Just does work well. It does complement each other. Fabinho just started winning the ball and using it well. He's passing everything. His positioning, his reading of the play. We just look better, and we we look a more balanced team when he's playing. Yeah. And it can be. And and it can be. Henderson's playing with him fine. Milner playing with him fine. But I think that the for me the the common thing above all of that is that it, Fabinho starting, and I think. You can understand rotating the team if we've got a lot, you know, big runner games going up. But 
you know, it's a week between the next game. Mm. I, I, I don't think there's any need to like in rest. You know, to rest. Fabinho played less in the international we, we, break as well. I think he played like three yeah. minutes to Henderson's yeah. Yeah. to pretty much yeah. one and a half games. I think it was. <clears throat> yeah. So for me, like, you just got to We we need him to play now. Like just like just like Van Dijk and and Allison and the front three, we need him to be playing, uh, and then we can work around who who his midfield partners are. But yeah. Without him in, in in that midfield, it, we just lack that same balance, and it doesn't mm. seem to function as like, well. When I've when I've looked at the midfield this season, I mean, when we've obviously seen the little rejuvenation of Lallana's career, I'm I've never liked Lallana, so I still bitch and moan when he plays. But if Fabinho's there, I know there's something. I know there's a world class midfielder there, so it kind of reduces my worry about other players in that position. It, if you even if you played a midfield of Fabinho, Henderson, and Lana, I know Fabinho's there. I'm not going to be too arsed. But when he's not there, I'm just like, oh, the midfield's weaker. Because I mean, it's it just is. It's it is simply just weaker when Fabinho's not there. And whatever Klopp's thinking is, whether it's I don't know, just trusting the old guard or something like that. Sometimes you just got. Trust the new bloke. He's not even new. He's been. I think even Jamie Carragher said that we know Jamie Carragher takes a while to trust people. He said he's been our best player in 2019. I'd probably say it's even before that. Fabinho's been excellent since he's won a place in the team. Yeah, I totally agree. And as we we alluded to, I mean the goal, the goal itself that Firmino scored. Oh, that was a mm. lovely one. Beautiful cross. Lovely header. Yeah, it was good to see him back on mm. form. Absolutely good to see him back on form. And the goal we conceded, yeah, maybe the ball was was still moving. You've got to commend Harry Kane for the quick thinking. Um Henderson's gotta look at that and you know and really learn. For, forget the complaining and shouting and, and haranguing the, the official. First things first, priority is Stand over that ball, and make sure that they can't take the quick free kick in the way that they did, and yeah, and they just they just caught us out. They caught us napping for that split second, unfortunately. But and they deserved it. Second half, they deserved something. Um, so I think it's fair to say we kind of got away with one in, in the way that we finally pressed home and got it. But good to see that we gathered ourselves and we were going at them, going at them, going at them, uh, and it was just such a satisfying way to get a winner against Spurs that I've got to admit Cheers, that Toby. one. Cheers, Toby. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway. Actually, for anyway. Loris in there as well. Thank you, Loris. That was awful yeah. goalkeeping, mate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but especially cheers, yeah. Toby, anyway. And that's how we'll finish up uh, matches, matches. So, Right, time for our monthly awards. So we've got goal of the month, player of the month. And uh, what... What were we singing, guy? Money, money, money. Oh, oh man in body. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, this is just going to be the Mane section, isn't it, Andy? Um, yeah, it's the Mane monthly award section. <clears throat> so, which of Sadio Mane's goal was the goal of the month? Um, well, you'd probably just be the Bayern game, picking between one of them. Um uh, just to be a bit different, I'll go. I'll go as header against Bayern because I love the Salah pass as well. So I thought that made it a smidge better. But yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure yes. you're going to go for the other one in that game. <laughs> yeah, outside of the boot, it was. I I love an outside oh, of the boot uh, 
pass or shot. Yeah, yeah, filthy. Yeah, beautiful. Over over only. Lovely <laughs> header. Yeah, and and I was tempted to go for the Toby Alderweireld yeah, uh, as well, own goal as well, just just for the enjoyment side of it. But yeah, I'll go with the other one, the uh, the turn and the delicate chip to big to know your retirement. <laughs> yeah, that that one was a beauty. So um, I, I don't think with, there was any question that Sadio Mane was going to get goal of the month because he was just about our only goal scorer anyway. But they they were delicious. So uh, Sadio Mane wins our goal of the month and player of the month. Who would you, who would you have in second guy, place? I, I would say. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I know he I know he didn't start against Bayern and he didn't start against Spurs. But Fabinho, again, so influential when he's on the pitch. I, I think he's been good. And I think Virgil, again, shown, mm. has, has shown what a colossus his, he is uh, in these games. I, I mean, I'm trying to think which game it was. There was one where he was just unbelievable. I think it might have been mm. by no way. So, <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're in a shout. They're in for their shout for finishing second because, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sadio has to be player of the month, doesn't he? He's been yeah, brilliant. he's he's been next level. He's been so important. I mean, I was looking through. I I was automatically thinking, okay, this will be the month I finally give it to Virgil, who's pretty much come second every month, um, and will get player of the year hopefully. But he will get my player of the year. Um, but this month I was just looking throughout the goal. I don't think we've kept that many clean sheets, which is obviously not. It's got something to do with Virgil, but I can't remember a goal where he's culpable or anything like that. Um, but in terms of goal scored, I mean. Mane has just been stupid this this uh, this month. He really has. But I, I agree with your two shouts for second and third place for Benio. I mean, I think we mentioned it last month. Even when he doesn't play, it kind of it makes him feel better because he eventually comes on in them games and just turns it on its head. Um, and that that's definitely what happened in the Bayern and and Tottenham games. So yeah, um, Virgil and Fabinho second and third to but Mane of the month absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's very true. That it's very evident when Fabinho doesn't play. We we miss him when he's not on the pitch, and that's uh, again that shows his Mane. qualities. But Joe Mane was good as well. He, he really, he has actually. Yeah, he has been good. Um, but Mane being our go-to guy, Salah's been a, a little bit hit and miss. He looks like he's desperate for a goal. His confidence in front of goal is not there for me. Keeps shooting very very much uh, towards goalkeepers it suggests he's just desperate to get on target he really really wants a goal I think once once one comes there'll be an avalanche of goals for him but Mane has been the go-to guy right and richly uh, richly deserves the player of the month award as well so what about the academy then guy yeah uh, what's what's your latest update from the academy yeah a bit of a weird one this month um I think there was only two games for the under 23s in which we lost to Everton so I can't really talk about that and um, the Derby County game, which, um, I mean, we played quite well in. Um, Curtis Jones scored twice and Rafa Camacho scored. Um, but this was kind of overshadowed by the fact that Oxlade-Chamberlain came back for about 40-odd minutes, if I remember correctly, and he came off with a hamstring injury. So, I mean, just on that, um, Andy, I mean, we're not sure how or what percentage of the Ox we're going to get back, but... I mean, do you think he's one that we can rely on next season, or do you think we've still got to address that position? 
with the Bruno Fernandez shouts, your Fekir shouts, whatever there is. But do you think Ox is someone we can trust next season? I suppose. I would hope so, but I think it's very much an unknown because you don't know how he's going to recover from what is a you know a very severe and well, I think it was potentially career threatening mm. injury. So it was a really serious injury. Uh, I think we ju- we can't put too much pressure and expectation on him. We just got to let him recover and and gather himself and hopefully get himself back to where he was. But I I still believe we need a creative player and. Uh, and Ox is, you know, he'll, he'll drive. Or what we'd seen from Ox last season was was picking up the ball, driving at opponents. But I'm, I'm thinking more of the creative, the guy like the Kevin De Bruyne who just kind of sees the game quicker than anybody else does, and sees the passes and sees the moves. You know, like a chess player, two three moves ahead of anybody else. So, and and I'm not really sure that that's what Ox uh, mm. really is. So it's. The, there's still a need there, and that was the Nabil Fakir type player. Obviously, that's not going to happen. It broke down. It's not going to happen. I don't know anything enough about Bruno Fernandes. I know I've got to go and see him. I know Dave Hendricks very, very high on him. Um, my my personal preference would be Kai Havertz from mm-hmm. Bayer Leverkusen. I think it's probably unlikely. Um, even Bayern have apparently sort of shied away from going from this summer. I, I think Leverkusen will resist all offers for him, and he would be very, very expensive. But he is going to be a supreme world-class talent. He's already banging goals, and then he's like 19-year-old. So his teammate Julian Brandt is the one I would go for next. Um, I, I put an article out on Anfield Index about him. A uh, little plug there. Please do check it out. And and I think him he offers an option across the any of the attacking positions. And in that attacking midfield role, though, the the similarities between him and Kevin De Bruyne are, are really quite eerie. Uh, and I don't just mean in the physical, mm. you know, the tall, uh, fair hair. Uh, just that ability and what they see and the technique and everything. Quick, you know, really quick on the feet. I, I'd personally love to go for him. And the, the reports are in German media that he's got a 25 million euro buyout clause. So... Pennies. Yeah, got to be worth a shout. In the day's so, money. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back. Sorry, sorry to no, go slightly right. off on a tangent there, but um, I, I think bringing a player like that in would help relieve some of that pressure and expectation level on on Ox and allow him to get himself back to to where he wants to be. You know, in, in his own time, because I think that's an important thing as well. We've just got to let him get there. Yeah, yeah, I think you've answered that perfectly there, Andy. We don't want to rush him back into anything because I'm sure Cyberundish and uh, Marty from Fatigue said it was probably the worst knee injury you can get as a player. Um, But on to the under-18s. Bit of a mixed month, but a much better month because we've actually played more than two games. Um, I found a new website, so I can tell people who scored without going through a whole bloody match report. Um... Liverpool won 7-2 against Blackburn Rovers. Bobby Duncan got a hat-trick in that one. Um, Bobby Duncan and Paul Glatzel are just having a competition to see who can score the most goals by the looks of it. Um, in the FA Youth Cup, we beat Bury, uh, Bury 5-1. Um, Paul Glatzel got two. Duncan got one. Um, 
then I think we lost to three uh, one to Derby County in the league. I'm not sure why this website doesn't show that, but the Liverpool website does say that. Um, then back in the Youth Cup again, we beat Watford two one with Glatzel getting two, um, and we beat Everton in the mini mini Derby one nil. Um, away a couple of days ago. Uh, I think it's Jack Byrne. Might get the first name wrong there, but it's been a it's been a very um, uh, good month in in the domestic stuff for for the uh, under 18s Andy but I think we did get knocked out of Europe or we lost in Europe um to Dynamo Zagreb I think it was yes it was Dynamo Zagreb we lost on penalties to them um I I imagine that means we're out yes it does um going off the fixtures but yeah it's um bit of a mixed month but definitely looks rosy domestically and, and I mean I think we, every month we mention Paul Glatzel and Bobby Duncan quite a lot but this this month looks no, no different but um, I'm sure I saw an article on This Is Anfield who uh, obviously pay more attention to the academy than me that um, I can't remember his first name but Larucci um, left back I think he started off as like a, a winger but I think he's playing left back a bit more he seems to have caught the eye a bit more um, so yeah that, that's just a shout out there Mm, so Bobby Duncan and Paul Glatzel obviously d- banging the goals in look really good prospects. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that there'll be opportunities for them at some point then, or or do you think it's it's too soon to uh, to I'd really say? I'd probably say too soon, especially because Bruce. I, I forgot to mention it because it wasn't on one of the results. But over the um, international break or before the Tottenham game, there was a friendly I think against the university team, and um, Rian Brewster came back, who Klopp's very high on. Or what I definitely was very high on before the um, before his injury, um, but it'd be interesting to see. But I think next season will be too fast for them. Uh, I think the I think they've only played little bits and um, for the under twenty threes, and that is still that's an, that's a level up on physicality. But they they both might be similar to Trent, who kind of just skipped the under twenty threes and went straight into the first team. But um, yeah, Trent did play a little bit there, but he can't. He mostly skipped it. But it'd be interesting to see what they do. But I think the most important thing is to keep them together because they seemingly have a brilliant partnership going. Mm. Uh, and you mentioned Bruce. I mean, he's going to mm. be coming up. In the trivia, because it is actually, Ooh, as we record this on April 1st, it's his birthday today, so happy birthday to Ray and Brewster. Um, as you said, yeah, back, he, he's now back mm, playing. Worldy, worldy on his I've seen him score, yeah. pretty sensational. Yeah, pretty sensational goal that he scored as well. Um, tre- uh, tremendous talent. Do you think we, we see him in the setup next season then? Um, I think if I remember correctly, he, the plan was to have him in the setup before he got injured. So I, I don't see why that would change. I mean, we've seen, um, ju- just like actually hordes of under 23 players and under 18s train with the first team and Brewster. Uh, he, he was definitely up there with your, um, Harry Wilson. I mean, Ben Woodburn before. His loan spells kind of damaged him a bit. Um, even even he was probably in a similar bracket to Trent. So I mean, I, I imagine he'll be definitely with us pre-season. And obviously, we're we're linked with um, forwards slash strikers in, in Timo Werner and I think Jovic. But that's probably more people dreaming than uh, actual stuff. But Werner seems to be the one we're linked with. But if, if Brewster can kind of fill. 
I don't know, the Origi role, I suppose, if if Origi goes. But Brewster's quite versatile, and well, so is Werner, to be honest. But so the, I think there's enough there's enough minutes for Brewster to play. So I, I could definitely see Brewster playing League Cup and FA Cup, depending on the draws. But I mean, this season's shown that <laughs> even against Chelsea, we we, we um, played the reserves, didn't we? So yeah, I, I definitely think he'll play next season. Yeah, and judging by that that touch, mm. that first touch, and then the strike. Oh my word! Um, I, I'd love to see how he would do, give, given mm, opportunities nice. as well. Because yeah, seeing him play for for England at uh, was it under seventeen, under mm. eighteen level, whatever it was. Yeah, just, just what a talent! <laughs> what a talent so, he really uh, does look. There was so, a reason um, German club yeah. wanted him, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not daft. They do their scouting. So uh, moving on to mm. fantasy then. Where where are we with the fantasy football? Well, I'll go I'll go through the leagues first. We've had a change, Andy, at the top of the public league. It is no longer Richard Merritt really? who has been on top. I think all season. It is now someone with a very worry, worrying name, uh, with Andy Mason and his team name is Real Sociopath. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he he's toppled the giant. That is um, Tiki Mosala. Uh, he's ahead of him by two points now, so that'll be interesting to see with the uh, couple months remaining of the season. But it uh, looks like there's actually a battle at the top of that league. Uh, and in terms of the contributors, I'm fairly sure it's still Simon Dowling. Yes, it is. It's our good friend Hefty Horse. Um, still pretty far ahead now um now actually um yeah simon's doing very well um i think he i think i think uh, i'm i was gonna say i think i may have delayed my comeback to uh you know smash mm. march through and, and smash the league i think I'm, i might have left it a little bit late where are you now andy 28th out of 31 <laughs> yeah. sam evans <laughs> justin wells and ollie emerson Hang your hang your heads in shame. <laughs> this man is trying to break opposition oh, players. I I took a I took a bit of a gamble on that short week where there was barely mm. any teams playing and it and it really didn't pay off at oh, all. Oh, sounds sounds like me. Yeah. All right, where am I? I'm ninth, <laughs> which is not good. Um, but in in terms of positions, Andy, uh, as we do, I mean, Mo Salah is somehow still the top scorer in the game. That, yeah. Yeah, just looking at that, yeah, Salah still top, despite all of that, but Mane mm, getting closer. I mean, Sterling is second, uh, Mane's third highest in, in the game, uh, Robertson fifth highest in the game, uh, Hazard's fourth, uh, and then Van Dijk is, uh, what's that, sixth? Yeah, seventh, seventh. counting. Yeah. Not very good, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, but that's it, you know, we've got four of the top mm. eight, or four of the top mm. seven. You know, it's uh, kind of it tells you we we are having a good season despite uh, <laughs> despite putting us through the ringer so often. Uh, you know, our players are, are scoring mm. very highly in fantasy football, which is you know is which is very nice for them. Considering Salah's a one-season wonder and all that, it's ma- it's mad that he's been bad for about <laughs> ten games now or something like that, and he's still the top Ooh. scorer in the Ooh. league. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And- um, so, as ever, guy though, anyone who's interested in uh, getting deeper into the fantasy football stuff, um, you, you've got the podcast. Yeah, fantasy. We did one last week. This week will be tough because we have a Friday game, but there'll be what there'll be some um, throughout the rest of the season, I'm sure. Where you don't listen to me, you listen to the guests because I'm doing badly. Yeah, it's a- 
Yeah, it's a partial double week as well that mm, we're still in yes, the middle of, isn't about it? That. Yeah, uh, Hazard triple captain is going well. Just said uh, with three <laughs> points. Three points. Didn't start, yeah, did he? I think yeah. he's on three points, which <laughs> yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, I, yeah I, what I tend to do is um, I put someone on the bench and they score high oh, points, yeah. and then yeah. I miss out. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got three yeah. scoring players yeah. on the bench. I think, which is great. <laughs> Right then, are you ready for some oh, trivia? Hit me up, Andy. Go on then. Right, as I mentioned, today is uh, as we record this, April the first is uh, Ryan Brewster's birthday, born two thousand, so he's nineteen now. Fifth uh, of April, Nathaniel Klein, born nineteen ninety one, so he turns twenty eight. Uh, still officially part of our squad, isn't he? Or oh, still officially a Liverpool player, anyway. Ninth <clears throat> um, of April, Robbie Fowler. Born 1975, so just a little bit older than me. Uh, so he'll be 44. Um, yeah, 44 on the 9th of April. So happy birthday to him. Sadio, it's the uh, you know the Sadio, Sadio Mane monthly mm-hmm. award section. On the 10th of April, Sadio Mane turns 27. So it'll be a happy birthday to Sadio on the 10th. The 13th of April, Marco Gruich has his birthday where he turns 23. Uh, he's doing well at Hertha Berlin, but I've got to say, Guy, I'm not convinced he'll really have a future at Liverpool. Well, he, can't, he, can't, he won't get past Lallana. <laughs> Never mind Fabinho or Nobby. <laughs> well, they can't get past Lallana. Uh, but anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, like you say, you know, he's only just coming up, twenty, turns 23, obviously, on the 13th of April, but he's still young, still got time and that, but I don't know, I've I just... It's a shame, right? Because it looks like there is a good mm. player in there, but uh, possibly just not quite of, of what we need. But And final birthday of the month is quite early. It's the 16th. And it is the birthday of Rafa Benitez, former manager and all-round good egg. Uh, he still still uh, has a house in the area, still does an awful, you know, contributes an awful lot to charities and whatnot. So... Uh, Cracking guy, Rafa Benitez, his birthday on the 16th of April, born 1960. So, happy birthday to him. Yes, absolute hero, uh, legend. Obviously, that that whole Champions League thing. Yeah, incredible night. Anyway, in this month, so 3rd of April, back in 1996, it was that iconic 4-3 Premier League win over Newcastle when Stan Collymore scored the 90th minute winner. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll oh, have seen seen, seen that match time to time. You know the one that Sky love, Martin Tyler's commentary. The only time you got excited about a game that involved us. <laughs> that's that's because it helped yeah, him when for, he yeah, win the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just an iconic game. It was an absolutely tremendous game of football, and it was them scenes at the end when Colin Moore scores, and you've got uh, Kevin Keegan draped over the advertising board so uh, if, hey, if if somehow you've never seen it go back and watch it, it was just unbelievable two goals from Fowler, two from Colin Moore great game of football, some cracking goals in there, uh, just, just what the game's all about and the 14th of April here's a good one for you guy, only a few years ago uh, it's that's when we beat Dortmund 4-3 Ooh. in the Europa League, remember that one? Dejan Lovren's um, finest Finest moment in his Liverpool career, the absolute pinnacle of his Defended career. Defended horrendously, but scored a goal. <laughs> sums him up, yeah. sums him up perfectly, yeah. doesn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, that that was that another incredible night. Uh, it was unbelievable. Um, so uh, three years Somehow ago, we've now, though, that three since years. with the Champions League run last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, that, that's your trivia for you. So predictions. Right, quick rundown then. So we've had <clears throat> Everton at uh, the beginning of the month. I. Uh, I predicted 1-1. You went with a 2-0 win for Liverpool. It finished 0-0. So I get one point, you get zero. But morally, I, I was the closest, so I should get three, but I don't. So I'm, I'm going to claim the moral the high You're ground on that up, one. Andy. I don't like this. <laughs> morally, I'm winning. <laughs> Just in actual points, I'm not. Um, next up was Burnley. You went for 3-0. I went for 2-0, and it finished 4-2. So I, I should get extra points, really, you know, for getting the right goal difference. You know, Liverpool won by two goals, so I should get extra points for that, but I don't. So we both get one one each for that. Uh, then Fulham, you predicted 6-1. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to stop yeah. doing this. I went for 4-1, and it finished 2-1. Mm. So again, you know, I got the I was one closest, bit, right? so I should get extra points. Yeah, so we get a point each for that. And then, and then, in all its glory, Liverpool Spurs, you went for 2-1, I went for 2-1, it finished 2-1, so we both got three points. And that means, at the end of March, that you're sitting there on 30, and I'm on 25. So it is quite close, it's it's getting, it's dramatic, it's dramatic. Hey. Well, no, 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 oh, balls. You can go first. <laughs> ah, there we go. Right then, April's Premier League games. Uh, first up, as as you said, this Friday coming up, we're away to Southampton. So, what are you going to go for this one? Hmm. Southampton can't defend that well. I'm not going to go for a Fulham one because it doesn't work. I'll go three-one to us. Three-one. Three-one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two-one. Don't let me down, Salah. <laughs> uh, just because, yeah, Southampton might cause us some problems, I think, somehow. I don't know. Anyway, uh, after that, we've got Chelsea at home. So it's going to be a tough one, I think. Chelsea are pretty awful at times, but they obviously get themselves up for the oh, big games. Well, just, so just against us. Be, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not the rest of yeah. them. Um, mm. Mm, not will I go for against Chelsea. Oh, he's going to pick the bad midfield again, isn't he? It just is, isn't he? Um, I'll go for a scruffy... Uh, 2-1 seems to be the one in these games. I'll, I'll stick with that. I'm going to be a little superstitious here. I'm going to go for a 1-1. One, one. Oh, don't you do it. Because I do think we will drop some points at some point of the season, some you know between here and the end. So I'm going to say it's in that game. But I think City have still got points to drop yet anyway. But, Hope so. <laughs> okay. uh, after that, it's Cardiff away. We have to beat Cardiff. I'll go 3-0. That was yours, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the big wins. I'm going to go for a 1-0. Ah, it's Cardiff. I know, I know. But it's going to be awful. And Warnock's going to be all over it. And, you know... Going to be before the match. Going to be going on about you know how the officials give 
working against them and all the rest of it, and we'll probably have some terrible referee. I mean, or with any of chance. them. <laughs> yeah, well, it will probably give us John Moss or something like that. He'll just say, "Well, I have no idea what happened, so I'm just going to take a guess and award Cardiff a yeah, penalty." Sounds about right. <laughs> Even though it went out for a throw-in. Right, uh, and to end the month, it's Liverpool at home to Huddersfield Town, who are already relegated. Um, yeah, I like. I think everyone likes Huddersfield, uh, but I think we have. To, well, it's weird. We struggled against them quite a lot at at, um, at their ground. It was it was a strange one. Um, I'll say two nil, professional. Two nil. I was actually going to go two nil myself, so. I have to stick with the two nil. But no, actually no, because I've got to catch your on points. I'll go with a three one. Good stuff. If we if we concede the field, we don't deserve anything. I know, I know, know. but I've got to I've got to catch you and overtake you in this league, haven't I? So. So there's our predictions for that. So as we said, we're going to finish off with the Champions League. Mm. So. So, quarter-final draw uh, was made. Uh, it's Porto at home uh, next week, as we record this, the 9th of April in the first leg. And the away leg is just one week later on the 17th. Um, not expecting quite the same as last time. I I, I can't see that they're going <laughs> to give us the freedom of the uh, of the grounds like they did last year in the first leg. Yeah, I mean, if the, if we roll up on like we did last, last year... Um, <laughs> Great, that would be that would be lovely. But I think they have quite a lot of injury issues as well, which I saw on Twitter over the weekend, um, which is obviously good in our favour. But it might force them to play a bit uh, deeper and a bit more defensive, I suppose. I, I mean, I can't see us winning five nil or whatever it was in the first first leg, and then the second leg might as well have not watched. Um, but yeah, the, it's the tie everyone wanted, but. They're still a good team. They're obviously at, at this stage of the Champions League for a reason, um, and all the other cliches. But I'm, I'm so happy we got Porto, and um, obviously we've got Robbo missing the first leg, so it'll be interesting to see how we address that. For me, um, the good thing is though, the good thing is though, the first leg's at home. If we're missing, like like just like against Bayern, if we're going to miss a player, an important defender in the first leg, the better that it's at home than away. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And obviously, our home record and Van Dijk in well, just just the form of the man, it can help any position. So yeah, it won't be a problem for us, I imagine. But yeah. Very happy with the draw and the fact that it's at home. Perfect. Um, I I think we'll win. I don't want to jinx or anything, but I think we'll win. I won't say anything else other than that, Andy. Yeah, I I think we will progress, but I don't expect it to be as emphatic as it was last season. I will be doing the the Champions League preview podcast for for that, and I've got Jamie Farr, a Portuguese football analyst, uh, lined up. Uh, he spoke to us before the Porto games last season, so it'll be interesting to get Jamie's take on things and just where Porto are and what we can expect. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, please do look out for that that uh, Champions League preview podcast as well. Another plug. There's my next plug of the yeah of the show. So, <clears throat> semi-final draw as well, guy, because that's already been mm. lined up. Yep. We already know if we were to progress that we are going to get the winners of Barcelona against Man United. Yeah, I can't wait to play Barcelona. Ah, <laughs> oh, touch wood. I need some wood. 
Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it it's kind of the work. Either situation for me, it'd be horrendous. Cause I mean, I'd nearly died watching us play Spurs. I like if we play Manchester United in the semi final of a Champions League, considering how awful the games have been this season and well every season for about five years. Um, it's just. I don't think I would take a Man United semi-final in the Champions League, but by uh, not Bayern, Barca have the best player in history, in my opinion, um, which worries me. Um, but Barca would probably be interesting because we've obviously got Suarez and Phil coming back and we've not played Messi since he was a teenager in, in 2006, I don't think. So be, it, it'd, be a big, it'd probably be the biggest test we could have if we played Barca. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It would, I agree. It would be a very, very intriguing test, and it would be intriguing to see Van Dijk up mm. against Messi just to see how they perform as well. So, uh, and Fabinho, because obviously, I mean, Messi just drops into different areas, and and I agree with you. Um, just for me, yeah, he's he's the best footballer I've ever seen, uh, and I've seen some absolutely unbelievable players, but he is, he is for me without doubt the the best footballer just. Unbelievable, and be be interesting. Very very interesting to see how we'd cope with them, and how they would cope with us as well. So it would be, and I think just where they are, the expectation, the level they're at, and everything like that. I think if we did progress and we were to play them, it would just be seen as a bonus, you know, because the pressure would all be on Barcelona mm. to progress. Their expectations is on them, you know, to beat us. So I think it would be a real bonus for us. Uh, do you think it could act as a bit of a distraction then in the title race because there's not much left? Um, I'm not sure how the fixtures work out in in terms of the the schedule for the semi final if we get that far and stuff I like think, that. I think the first leg would be something like the 30th of April or the first mm. of May, because uh, the final's not till the first yeah, of June. So. That, isn't it? So I don't think I, I think we'll be past mm. we'll be well past the Chelsea game, won't we? Which uh, Outside of Tottenham yesterday, I think is our toughest game on paper, apart from maybe Wolves, but they might be on the beach by then if they don't have an FA Cup game. Um, but yeah, I think if Klopp starts trusting the squad players a bit more and, and starts using Cater and I know Shakiri's been injured, um, whatever. But if we start using the squad a bit more, I think I think we can manage both now that we're past or nearly past um, the tough games left. Yep. So, um, and that's about it, guys, for for this edition of the Reds Review. That's all March's uh, business taken care of. Uh, looking ahead to April, and the next time we get back together, guy, it's going to be the end of April, beginning of May. There'll only be two Premier League fixtures left, and obviously we'll know whether or not we're in a semi-final of the Champions League. Uh, do Do you think, as we stand now, do you think we'll still be? Right in there in that title picture when when we uh, we next do the show. Um, I mean the only game I, I even had doubts about was the Chelsea game, so I think we have to be. I mean unless we unless we implode, I don't think there's any way we can't be really. So yeah, I, I'll I'll be confident. I'll say we'll still be in it, but I think um, a lot will rest on um, Tottenham v Man City about eight times in a week or whatever they play each other. Yeah, so it's that's it. I think uh, yeah, next time we uh, reconvene, it could be a very exciting time, and hopefully the fans.
final one of the season will be a glorious and wondrous um, celebratory time, but uh, all of that's still to come. But anyway, for now, from myself and Guy, it's a big thank you to each and every one of you for listening, for downloading the podcast, for contributing towards what we do. It's very much appreciated. But until next month from uh, from the Reg Review here, from myself and Guy, it's bye-bye now. Network.